welcome everyone to another special patron curated bonus episode of That Record Got Me High. I'm your humble host, Rob Elba, and this will be the final episode of 2023. I hope you all had a great year, and I hope the year to come is even better. All right, just a quick reminder, these special bonus episodes we do are completely curated by our patrons. Uh, patrons of the podcast and if you would like to start participating or if you're just a fan of the show and uh, would like to help support it head over to patreon.com forward slash trjmh and for as little as two dollars a month you can become a patron i would really appreciate it all right we open the show with the great song cheese and onions by the notorious fake band the ruddles and uh, the theme of this episode is that real song by a fake band got me high as usual, as always, we have some fantastic and surprising picks from our patron. And uh, towards the end of the episode, spoiler alert, right before my pick, you will hear an excellent submission from a brand new patron I think many of you will recognize. So that's exciting, right? All right, let's get right to it. It's our old friend Alan Zweig with his opening shot. Hi, Rob. It's Alan from Toronto. Fake band. One, only one came to mind right away. Max Frost and the Troopers. It's from a movie called Wild in the Streets, where Max Frost, the lead singer of the Troopers, uh, becomes president and the young people take over. Everybody over 35 is rounded up and forced to take LSD. Yeah, it was a youth culture movie. Anyway, Max Frost and the Troopers, I didn't know until now, the drummer in Max Frost and the Troopers was Richard Pryor. Anyway, here is Max Frost and the Troopers with a truly good song by a fake band. The, nothing can change the shape of things to come. I think it's just called Shape of Things to Come. There's a new sun Rising up angry in the sky And there's a new voice Crying for not afraid to die Let the old world make believe It's blind and left and drum But nothing can change the shape of things to come There are changes Lying ahead in every row And there are new thoughts Ready and waiting to explode When tomorrow is today The bells may toll for some But nothing can change the shape of things to come Future's coming in now Sweet and strong And now I'm gonna hold it back for long Revolution Sweeping it like a fresh new breeze Let the old world make believe It's blind and deaf and dumb But nothing can change the shape of things Nothing can change the shape of things Nothing can Thank change you, the Alan. And now here's patron Steve Carroll uh, Who actually suggested this theme So he kind of had to send in a submission, right? 
Hey Rob and fellow TRGMHs, it's Steve Carroll. And as this Patreon episode was my bright idea, I figured I'd probably better get mine in fairly early, not think about it too much and deliberate until the last moment like I usually do. Um, two of my favourite funny people, Fred Armisen and Bill Hader, who were on Saturday Night Live up until several years ago, did so many great sketches and, and perhaps my favourite fake British accents that I've ever seen on TV. And Fred Armisen, who's a big punk rock fan, did this character in this band, this punk rock band called Ian Rubbish and the Bizarros. And uh, Ian Rubbish, he, he tried really hard but didn't have a lot going on upstairs and, and took most of his ideas from other bands and also had the dubious distinction of being the only punk rock band that ever wrote a pro-Margaret Thatcher song. Um, most punk rock bands of the late 70s, as you remember, probably some bands, I think, wrote entire albums about Margaret Thatcher, but this is the only pro-Margaret Thatcher punk rock song um, because she reminded him of his mum. And what better reason than that? That's not to say I'm a big pro-Margaret Thatcher person. Anyway, here is Ian Rubbish and the Bizarros doing their provocative punk rock hit, Hey, Maggie Thatcher, you're all right. Take care. She's misunderstood Blessed with great strength and clarity She got the deficit with austerity Hey Maggie Thatcher, you're alright Thanks to you I sleep at night You keep England safe Your friends with Ronald Reagan Maggie Thatcher, Maggie Thatcher They can try but they're never gonna catch ya Thank you, Steve. All right. Corey DeBrowa was stranded in Seattle, uh, apparently, on his way home. And I'm assuming this might have influenced his submission somewhat. Hey, Rob and fellow TRGMHers. Corey DeBrowa here, stuck in Seattle due to bad weather at home. But actually, the perfect location to weigh in on my favorite real song by a fake band that got me high it's Citizen Dick's Touch Me, I'm Dick, which is a parody of the Mud Honey song Touch Me, I'm Sick, and the perfect sampling from the 1992 Cameron Crowe grunge set piece called Singles. Actor Matt Dillon plays Citizen Dick frontman Cliff Poncier. <laughs> I love that name. In the most sort of dunderheaded way possible, he's almost a cartoon. Uh, most of his wardrobe is actually provided by Pearl Jam bassist Jeff Ammon who makes a cameo along with Eddie Vedder as members of Citizen Dick. Uh, the soundtrack, if possible, is even better than the film, as good as it is with a number of the late Chris Cornell's original songs 
such as Seasons, Flutter Girl, and a very early acoustic version of Soundgarden, uh, Spoon Man, showing up in the film on the soundtrack or both. Uh, but it's this grunge cartoon uh, that definitely makes the cut for me. So here you go. Enjoy. Wow! so much Corey. i hope you eventually made it home safely and now something i'm always excited about here's a brand new patron kathy merriman with her first and hopefully not last submission hi rob this is kathy from nova scotia this is my first time contributing to one of your curated episodes when i first thought about a real song by a fake band that got me high the obvious pick was my first ever favorite band, which was a fake band. When I was 10 or 11 years old, I was a card-carrying member of the David Cassidy fan club. Literally, I signed up and they sent me a card in the mail. The Partridge family had some great pop songs. There's no denying that. And I'm going to choose the one that I think is not the most obvious for my submission, but it gets me high for a couple of different reasons. First of all, the Partridge family song, I Can Feel Your Heartbeat, seems a little steamy compared to the bubblegum image that this fake family projects. If you just listen to the song, it's clearly about an eager young man who is about to get it on with his special lady, like any minute now. Then if you watch the video of the song with the whole family, including David, I mean Keith's mom, and a seven-year-old with a tambourine, and the whole family, brothers and sisters, getting really into their big brother's imminent intimacy, it's kind of disturbing and also hilarious. It cracks me up. In any case, I love this song. If I'm in a bad mood, I can always put my Partridge Family Greatest Hit CD on and feel a little better. So there's my real song by a fake band that got me high. I can feel your heartbeat And you didn't even say a word I can feel your heartbeat and you didn't even say a word Oh, I know, pretty woman, that you love to be heard You can feel my heartbeat too I can tell you're feeling me You can feel my heartbeat too I can see you feeling me Oh, I know, pretty woman, that you love to be heard
All right. Thank you so much, Kathy. Uh, I, too, watched The Partridge Family obsessively, uh, but truth be told, I was more of a Lori fan than a Keith fan. Now here's patron Zeb Stevenson with a kind of -of out-of-the-box pick, I would say. Take it away, Zeb. Hello, Rob and company. Zeb Stevenson from Atlanta here. And my pick for a real song by a fake band that got me high is kind of a real song by a real band and kind of a fake song by a fake band. And I'm not even sure it's right for this category, but it's the first thing that came to mind. So I'm sticking with it. Chicone Youth's karaoke box cover of Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer got me high in a very different way. As the son of a fundamentalist preacher in a small town growing up in the 80s and 90s, I had very limited access to music, so I heard about this track before I actually heard it, and I got high on the very idea of it. For a kid struggling to figure out how he related to the rest of the world, this seemed like the greatest pop culture piss take that could only have been dreamed up by the coolest of the cool kids. Of course, upon hearing it, I don't think there's any denying that it's objectively bad. And if it's playing in the background right now, you're probably tired of hearing it already. Sorry about that. But to me, this was the equivalent of a Dada art piece for the ears. Dripping with sarcasm, woefully behind the beat, and ready-made to shine a light back on the ridiculous cocaine music of the 80s. And I loved it. At any rate, I hope you all enjoy this awful song. Have a happy holidays. The lights are on, but you're not home. Your mind is not your own. Your heart sweats, your body shakes. Another kiss is what it takes. You can't sleep. And now here's our friend Paul Marfleet with a great song from a fake band and film that I had never heard of. Hi, Rob and fellow TIGMH listeners. Paul Marfleet from Ellsbury in the UK here. And my pick for this latest Patreon episode is Bedazzled by Drimble Wedge in the Vegetation, the fictitious psychedelic pop group that briefly features in the 1967 Peter Cook and Dudley Moore film of the same name. The film was a comic retelling of a Faust legend, with Dudley Moore as the unhappy everyman Stanley Moon, who allows the devil, played by Peter Cook, to grant him seven wishes in exchange for his soul. Although as we soon find out, the devil finds increasingly cunning and elaborate ways to give Stanley what he asked for, but leave him frustrated and unfulfilled. The song appears in a section of the film where Stanley is granted his wish to become a pop star, with an appearance on a Ready Steady Go type TV show, only for the devil, in the guise of rival pop group Drimble Wedge in a Vegetation, 
to immediately upstage his act and give Stanley a lesson in the fickle and fleeting nature of fame. Dudley Moore was an accomplished composer and musician, and as a result, Bedazzled is a particularly well-realised pastiche of contemporary pop psychedelia, with its jazzy chord changes and excessive use of phasing. But for me, it's Peter Cook's flat, emotionless vocal delivery, with lines like, You fill me with inertia, that make the song stand out. Indeed, his performance in this scene could almost serve as a blueprint for Neil Tennant's stage persona some two decades later. patron Richard Farnell with another great song, Fake Ban, that I also had never heard from before. Go figure. Hi, Rob. Richard Farnell in Manchester in the UK here. My nomination for this curated episode is The Poo Sticks with The World Is Turning On from their album Million Seller, which came out in 93. Poo Sticks were from Swansea in Wales, consisted of Hugh Williams and Steve Gregory. Hugh was the vocalist. Steve did pretty much everything else. He was a bit of a Svengali figure and he played most, if not all, of the instruments on there. There was a fictitious lineup: Trudy Tangerine, Alison, Stephanie and Paul, but I don't think any of those actually existed. On the record cover for their Great White Wonder album, which was a title taken from a Dylan bootleg, they appear as um, Archie-style Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters. Initially, they were spoofing the C86 indie pop scene, and taking a lot of influence from 60s bubblegum. They borrowed riffs and song titles left, right and centre. By 91, they were playing a more US-influenced brand of power pop, influenced by bands like the Raspberries and Cheap Trick and so on. They had tons of knowing nods to the past heroes, like borrowing Neil Young's Powderfinger solo and Tracks of My Tears from Smokey Robinson as the riff of Rhythm of Love on the Great White Wonder album again. But Million Seller was destined to be not that, unfortunately. It deserved to be. It's a real lost power pop classic. But I think people just didn't take them seriously, as probably they didn't take themselves seriously either. However, they managed to turn out some real power pop gems. And the energy of the world is turning on is testament to that. Hope you enjoy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, man. 
taken It's the lessons learning to Everywhere around the world now They're turning out to Richard, so many great picks. Uh, and now here's Adam Weiner with a song that I was familiar with uh, from a record that I listened to a ton when I was younger. Hey, it's Adam from New York City. Uh, the fake band, real song, was definitely Basketball Jones by Cheech and Chong, which came out on an album they put out in the early 70s. I was like eight years old at the time. My older brother had it. He was five years older than me. We listened to it a lot. It was hilarious. Um, I learned later that George Harrison and Carol King and a whole bunch of other people were on the album, which is crazy when you think about it, for a parody and those type of people being on it. I know Michelle Phillips of Mama and Papa's was also on it, but it was a hilarious recording, and I still sing it sometimes. Thanks. Basketball Jones, I got a basketball Jones, got a basketball Jones, oh baby, ooh. Yes, I'm the victim of a basketball Jones. Ever since I was a little baby, I always be dribbling. In fact, I was the baddest dribbler in the whole neighborhood. Then one day, my mama bought me a basketball, and I love that basketball. I took that basketball with me everywhere I went. That basketball was like a basketball to me. Such great memories, such great memories. Thank you, Adam. All right, and now we have longtime patron Tom Laurie with another song from a TV show that I watched obsessively as a as a young lad. Uh, it's great, brings back great memories. Take it away, Tom. Hey, that record got me high, listeners. And Rob, this is Tom Laurie from St. Pete. Hey, when you get Al Cooper of Blood, Sweat, and Tears fame, Barry White, Gene Pitney, and Jimmy Radcliffe together in a studio... And you have a guy named M.B. Winkless, who did the Snap, Crackle, and Pop jingle, put together a song. What do you get? You get the Tra-La-La song from the Banana Splits show. So this was a kid's TV show in the U.S., 1968 to 70, that 
introduced about four different uh, types of shows, some of them live action, some of them cartoons. And I used to sit down and devotedly watch that and then the psychedelic H.R. Puffin stuff right after it. But uh, anyway, so Richard Donner actually directed some of these um, shows at the beginning of his career. And uh, you'll hear a tra-la-la song uh, version of this that sounds very similar to uh, the Buffalo Soldier bridge uh, from Bob Marley. And the uh, BBC investigated this to see if there was really, you know, any connection. Bob Marley did his about 10 years later than this. They must have spent hundreds of pounds trying to figure this out. And they said there's no connection. I'll let you guys be the judge. Anyway, enjoy. Oh, one other thing. There's a Dickies version of this. It's twice the speed. So, Rob, if you want to segue from the original song to the Dickies at the end of this, that'd be fun. Cool. Bye. have Nick Riley with a fake band uh, that was actually a real band that you all know, I'm sure, uh, with a song that I'm guessing most of you do not because I did not know it. Hi Rob, Nick Riley here calling from Stockport in Northern England. Before I start, I'd like to wish yourself and all the listeners a happy Christmas and New Year. Anyway, in 1996, Devo decided to break into the video game business with the truly awful game Adventures of the Smart Patrol. Now, I'm a keen gamer and a huge Devo fan, but this game made Pac-Man look like Legend of Zelda. The only positive thing to come from it was the soundtrack, which was mostly just another Devo compilation album, but with two new tracks, which were credited to a fictional band called the Smart Patrol. They were also characters in the game. So my pick for this show is the song That's What He Said by the Smart Patrol from the Devo compilation album Adventures of the Smart Patrol. Enjoy the track.
Thanks, Nick. Okay, I feel like at this point, these episodes would not be complete without a submission from our old pal Todd Nolan, who, as usual, brings the goods and brings them hard. Here's Todd. Hey there, fakers, frauds, and charlatans. It's that poser of a patron from Nashville, Tennessee, Todd Nolan, chiming in with my 100% actual, honest-to-goodness, I'm-not-lying, bona fide choice for a real song by a fake band that got me high. For me, there's truly only one fake band out there spinning on this great big blue marble full of forgeries and shams that lives on my heart as the real McCoy. The band was born out of a conversation on a plane between two strangers, developed into an off-Broadway production, then a film, and finally onto a big-time highfalutin Broadway play. But at its core, the music tells the whole story, and there is nothing fake about that. I'm rattling on about the one and only Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and for the sake of this discussion, I chose the song Angry Inch, not only because it fucking rocks, but because it's kind of an anthem for the band, and more specifically, Hedwig herself. Now, I could have easily gone with any song off this album, and believe me, I seesawed between Origin of Love, which by far is the prettiest and most deep song on the album, and Wig in a Box, which tells the story of Hedwig transforming into various personas on stage until it finally becomes just as real as anything in life. So then, what exactly constitutes a fake band? Hedwig is a queer-centric rock opera that was brought to life by actor John Cameron Mitchell and musician Stephen Trask in the New York City drag punk club Squeezebox, where Trask led the house band. They wanted the songs to dictate the story and where it went, so they just started playing gigs out, doing covers of songs by Television, David Bowie, Fleetwood Mac, and others. As original songs began to develop, so did the story, and in 1998, the play was performed in its entirety for the first time. The song Angry Inch opens with Hedwig as performed by Mitchell, declaring that to be free, one must give up a little of oneself. For Hedwig, it was a sex change operation she got to satisfy her American soldier boyfriend so they could leave East Germany together and be married in the States. However, the surgery was botched and instead of a penis or a vagina, Hedwig was left with just a one-inch amount of flesh. In the end, they still moved to Kansas together, but a year later Luther abandons Hedwig and her angry inch for a man. This anger inspires Hedwig to pull a wig down from the shelf, get up on stage, and sing her pissed-off story to the world. I never got to see the play live, but have always been a huge fan of the movie and both soundtracks. A couple of years back, my family and I were lucky enough to see John Cameron Mitchell, Stephen Trask, and his band The Tits of Clay perform Hedwig songs live in New York City. There were behind-the-scenes stories, live visual projections, fantastic costume changes, and even a duet of Wicked Little Town with Richard Butler of the Psychedelic Furs. And this year, here in Nashville, we got to see him play live again with a slightly different lineup performing some of the Hedwig songs and a cassette roulette of random cover songs for an ACLU benefit. Both shows were pretty damn amazing for a fake band. So now, let's just put on our big-ass foam wigs and follow the bouncing ball to a song that will never cease to leave me high. Six inches forward and five inches back because I've got an angry inch. My guardian angel fell asleep on the watch Now all I've got is a Bobby doll crotch I've got an angry inch
Okay, you may or may not know the following patron as Brogues, uh, but that's what we call David Brogan, and here he is with his excellent submission. Hey Rob, Brogues from Glasgow here. Um, hope all's good. That real song by a fake band that got me high is I Know You by Angela and the Fans. Angela and the Fans weren't a real band, and they only recorded one single in 1966, and it was called Love Ya Ilya with Ilya being Ilya Kuryakin from The Man From U.N.C.L.E. So I'm sure you can guess it was just a cash-in single for the TV show. Kuryakin was played by David McCallum, who was born in Glasgow and unfortunately passed away earlier this year. The vocal on both sides of the single um, was by Alma Cogan, who had been a big star before the 60s in the UK and sang a really famous kid song called How Much Is That Doggy in the Window? And she was also called The Girl With The Giggle In Her Voice. I Know You is just two minutes of ultra cute pop. Back in the, in the 90s, I used to be on the indie pop list and I could always imagine bands like The Softies or Tiger Trap doing a really nice cover of it. And when I discovered all the stuff like France Gal and 60s Yeah Yeah, it really made sense. So yeah, definitely one of the cutest pop songs ever written and it definitely got me high. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> Rogues, really great. Thank you very much. Okay, I'm I'm pretty sure our next patron, Dan Bonebreak, uh, recorded his submission from a moving car. So uh, let's just hope that he wasn't actually driving the car. I'm thinking maybe he was, but I'm hoping he wasn't uh, because you know I do admire his uh, dedication to getting a submission in, but I, I it's not recommended. You know I want so hopefully uh, <laughs> hopefully everything worked out and uh, let's take it away, Dan. Hi, PRGM It's Dan Bonebreak of the Lightworkers and Enablers. That song by that made-up band that got me high is On the Dark Side by Eddie and the Cruisers. With that gruff delivery and 80s groove feigning as a 50s, 60-ish rock song, On the Dark Side nails that Boss Springsteen-esque flavor. The beginning piano refrain builds the drama, the guitar rhythm and claps set the groove, and the band kicks in for a rocker that everyone can shake to. And you got to have a couple sax solos or it wouldn't be the 80s. John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band never eclipsed the Demon Cruisers nor the East Street comparisons, but they did provide a hell of a bar standard I hope they're still getting royalties for. Happy holidays. Cheers. So 
Thank you so much, Dan. And I hope you made it wherever you were heading safely. I'm, I know he did because I've, I've talked to him since this. Uh, all right. Uh, I have a special surprise now for you longtime listeners. It's a brand new patron uh, making his first of what I hope will be regular submissions from now on. And I'm just going to let him introduce himself. Hi, my name is Barry Stock. And uh, I just discovered that record got me high and became a patron so that I could hype this song. The song is called It's a Beautiful Game. And the group is The Cavaliers. It's from a compilation called Very Best of L Records. That's E-L Records, 1985 to 1988. And I puzzled uh, for years about what this song was about and who did it. And to the best I can figure... It was uh, put together by the record company, sort of a record label um, supergroup, and only by happenstance did I discover that the track, which its lyrics sound very mysterious, maybe they're politicians, it's about cricket, the very popular English sport of cricket. And the names are the names of very famous cricket players. So let's hear the Cavaliers with It's a Beautiful Game. Thank you, Barry. What a nice surprise, right? Uh, It's always great to hear Barry's voice, and you will all be happy to know that Barry will be coming back on the show real soon as a guest. So thanks again, Barry. Okay, that's it. That's the episode. And uh, before I finish things off with my pick, I just wanted to once again thank my patrons for supporting the show these past five years, five plus years. And thanks to all who listen, and I hope everyone... Has a wonderful new year. Has a great holiday. And my pick is by the fake band The Stains from the completely bonkers 1982 teen musical drama Ladies and Gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains. All right, now uh, stick with me here. In the movie, The Stains are this uh, all-female punk band featuring Diane Lane and a very young Laura Dern. Uh, And they spend most of the movie being treated like pretty bad by audiences and by rival bands, including another fake band in the movie called the Looters, 
featuring Steve Jones and Paul Cook of the Sex Pistols and Paul Simonon of the Clash, who also were a real band at the time called the Professionals. In the movie, uh, the Stains at some point do a garagey cover of the looters slash professional song Professionals. But by the end of the movie, uh, they finally achieve rock stardom, the Stains do, and the film ends with like this MTV-style video of them doing a really slick, like souped-up version of that song, The Professionals, by The Professionals slash Looters. It's a, uh, this movie, like I said, it's kind of bonkers. It's really hard to find, but it's definitely worth seeking out. Um, and all the music in it is pretty great. Definitely recommend that. Okay, that's it for me. Thanks to all the patrons. Thanks to everyone for listening. We'll see you all next year. We're out of here. Yeah, I wanna see the world for free. But I don't like the things you see. Up to three, four really ain't my style. Call up calling us again. The commies are coming, did I hear you say? Who cares? Who knows? Maybe I will one day. What goes on?